Broadcasting from the Bet MGM Studio, it's time for Inside the Jets. Presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And we welcome into another edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grossa alongside former New York Jet linebacker Bart Scott. How we doing, big man? I'm good. You're doing good? Can't complain, man. Listen, I, it was a tough one on the chin, but it was to be expected yesterday. Um, I thought they had some fight. The offense continues to show a little promise early on, but it just seems like when teams make the adjustments, we just don't have the firepower. I, I really wish that we can get a, a clear picture of what Sam looks like with the intended receivers that you know we that he intended to go into the season with, be it Perriman, Mims, looks like he can be a player, and Crowder. Um, it's that time of year where teams have to make a decision if they're buyers and sellers and, you know, letting Avery Williamson go um, yesterday was just another tough blow. But understand, you know, Blake Cashman gets the opportunity to, to step up. And that's what this part of the season is all about. Not one organization has ever went through a, a season or a period and not had an opportunity to experience what it feels like to have a disappointing season. Now, 0-8 is, you know, worse than Nobody most. Nobody wants that. Worse than most. But, right. you know, the, the New England Patriots feel just as bad as the Jets. The Dallas Cowboys feel just as bad as the Jets. The um, New York football Giants feel just as bad as the New York, uh, you know, as the Jets. And it's one of those things. But, you know, these type of seasons can define uh, a, a season. It also can dis- define a group of young men. I can remember coming in my, my rookie year after the, the Ravens were decimated from injuries. Um, they were injured. They lost a lot of people to the expansion draft. They lost Jamie Sharper. They lost Rod Woodson, Shannon Sharp, uh, Tony Saragusa. Guys who won the Super Bowl. Exactly. That, that yeah. was the core. They had to break it up, and they lost. A, every, every team had to put certain players where they couldn't protect them to the expansion draft. It was an opportunity for me, and we took, one on, we took it on the chin in Baltimore. We, I think we won six games that year. Uh, but we, we quickly gelled, and you, you learn a lot about your teammates and who you can count on and who wants to come to the, to the circumstances, who's going to be the same player, whether it's uh, you're 11-0 and or you're 0-11. You know, and that's what you want. You want to know who you can go to battle with because those who stay, and I'm sure this is what Joe is saying, those who stay will be champions. And sometimes you got to go, to hell, go through hell to get to heaven, and it's just part of the, the maturation period. Right. You know, Absolutely. We, we saw it happen with the with the Saints. Right. Remember, the Saints used to be the Aints. You know, remember the cream sickle Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they were a joke. Right. Remember the Arizona Cardinals. So where you are aren't isn't necessarily an indication of where you have to be. But one thing is for sure, sitting and soaking is guaranteed that you're going to stay where you're at. I mean, you could go from worst to first, first to worst in the NFL from one season to the next. I mean, the, the NFL, basically, that's part of its core right now, right? I mean, because of the parity and the turnover and whatnot. I mean, Houston Texans last year won a division. They got one win right now here in the first half of the season. Things could change that easily. But, you know, just again to zero win on yesterday's game here. Jets score first three drives. Unfortunately, they're all right. field goals. And Sergio Castillo's done a nice job filling in for Sam Fick in the last couple of weeks. Well, you but love that competition, though. You do. Well, hey, because you, you know go what? right there. Now, you know, what? The best it's a good problem to have. Yeah, the best environments is. I've ever been in has been the environments in which, you know, it was competition. It's still sharp and still, and it only could be one. And who's to say when Sam Ficken comes back, they don't have a decision to make where maybe they can continue to acquire draft picks because at the end of the day, you know, somebody's going to have to trade a future one because you can't trade now 
you know, but you can trade a future draft pick when you have two kickers. I mean, could you imagine, like, uh, the, the, uh, the Chargers and, and their kicking woes that they've had for the last five years? You think about Gakoski uh, down in Tennessee and the, the tough season in which he's had. So, I mean, whenever you have a, a player that's, you know, able to ascend and, and, and perform in a high-pressure situation, they become an asset. Absolutely. It's a good situation to be in. Remember all the uncertainty the last couple of years, certainly beginning of 2019, when you didn't know who the kicker was going to be on a week-in, week-out basis. But uh, certainly there are bigger issues that you have to correct here. But, yes, you like to see the kicking game doing well. But the bigger picture is when you take a step back is that, unfortunately, now this team hasn't scored a touchdown for the last seven quarters. And yeah. when you add that all up, for the last three games total, Bart, Jets have scored 19 points. And, you know, you could be the 85 Bear defense. You score 19 points over three games, yeah. chances are you're not going to come out on top more often than not. Yeah, that, that's true. And, and that's about execution. That's about um, scheme. That's about, you know, somebody making a play. Because when you get down there, it gets tight, right? You know, the fact that they've been able to move the balls in between the 20s is great. But, you know, you want to cash in that Willy Wonka golden ticket. And to do that, you got to get the pay dirt. You got to get past the goal line. And that's, that's more about execution. When you get down there, it's about understanding what coverages you're getting. And it's about somebody making a play, somebody daring to be great. When you get down there, especially when you get in the high red, you have a better chance of getting there. But the closer you get, the harder it is. And the better your execution has to be. No self-inflicted wounds. Everybody has to execute. Yeah, because the field you have to make too, a play. right? Absolutely. I mean, let's be honest. Less room for uh, maneuverability there. Yeah, so, right. And so we talk about now it forces uh, teams to only have to defend a small area. So now they can pack everything and force you to really execute. Um, they'll figure it out. It's one of those things. And the, the tough part about the season is the fact that they haven't had the same, um, the same players, right? You haven't had the same receiving core. It's a different case. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So what happens is you can't grow packages. People can't learn their roles and, and, and assume their roles because it's always somebody different in that role, and you're trying to get chemistry. You know, the best teams that, that I've ever been a part of and the best teams in the NFL are teams that have that nonverbal communication. It's because we've been together so long. We've repped so many things so many times. We've been in these situations that we see it the same way without having to talk because things can turn on a dime. Somebody can come in and show a blitz. Somebody can come in and, and, and shift off the defensive line. And it's that nonverbal communication mm -hmm. that says, I know that you know exactly what I'm thinking. And you only get that by getting the reps. What do you think? I mean, the thing that stands out, too, at least certainly from the last couple of weeks, is the ineffectiveness in the second half, at least when it comes to offense. Now, last week was really bad. You only had the four yards total in the second half and the one first down. Yesterday, a little bit better, but just 64 yards after halftime here. So... Is it a fact that it's just not making adjustments? Is it the fact that the other team is maybe keying in a little bit on what they're doing? Or is it, you know, do they alter their philosophy a little bit when it comes to what they're trying to attack out there on the field? Well, it's that you don't have the talent right now, right? You don't have the veteran leadership. You don't have the football acumen, right? So you talk about that. You talk about uh, is it a difference when you have Berrios out there instead of Crowder because what happens is now – this is a guy, a veteran guy. He's probably seen that blitz before. He knows exactly where to go sit in the zone to keep the chains moving. He's crafty. He understands how to give the defender a little chicken wing. He knows how to set him up. He knows how to lean into him, then come out because he's been there a thousand times. Or maybe he's going against that defender um, when he was at, when he was in a, on another team. Right. Those are all things that matter, right? Experience matters, right? You know, anybody you know, coming in in a different situation and hasn't been in these situations don't you know may not know how to respond. So what happens is the Jets, whenever they put their, their offense or defense out there, 
are littered with guys without inex with inexperience. I mean, we're talking about Mims is the number one go-to receiver. He's been here two weeks. I was even talking about that yesterday on the pregame on the radio side. You know, we were saying, well, because you said you, they just can't get those three wide receivers, Perryman, Crowder, and Mims, all on the field on a, on a given Sunday. So now Mims all of a sudden was the guy who you would think, all right, now he's like the number one guy with the target on his back, but he was only playing in his second career NFL game. Right. Like, is that too much he, to put on a kid's yes, shoulders? Yes, he's drawing a number one corner from the opposing team. So like, and then he he may have a safety over the top. So it's right. like, man, hold up. I appreciate it. Well, what was it? The four wide receivers yesterday going into the game, they had 59 career catches amongst the four of them. 59. Right. Three touchdowns. Two of them were by Braxton Berrios in consecutive games this year. So it just goes to show you, you know, how much they were lacking there in the experience department. And that's not to say that these guys can't play and these guys won't be more productive they're with some more yet. seasoning, but they're not there yet. Exactly. And then you have other guys who, okay, you thought would maybe be a little bit further along at this stage of the game, i.e., well, Someone Herndon. like Chris Herndon, you know, I mean, who we've been waiting all season for to just show again what he's capable of that we saw as a rookie well, in 2018. You, you can only be potential for so long, Dan. Right. You only can be potential. And he got for the so touch, long. and what happened? He and, put and, the ball on the rug. And now, and now he has. He's going. He has. He has to live with that. He has. He understands. You know, this is a business, and at the end of the day, if you can't produce, uh, they will find somebody else to replace you. And you know, if that is the case, it's because he didn't perform, and we all have to take ownership to that. The great, the thing about this, and most of us all experience this, most you run into 95% of um, football players. One thing we have in common is we all been fired, mm -hmm. right? So like, you know, what I'm saying we understand that that just comes with the territory. It's like in the words of Yoda, either do or do not. Try not an option. It's not an option. It's a good Yoda like, drop, you, you, by the you way. Know, you know, Mandalorian is coming out. You know what I mean? So I'm Season excited two about streaming. that. Yeah. Yeah, See, but it's crazy because I don't want to watch it all at one time. Because you like, save it. I, because because what happens? You watch it all at one time, and what happens is you got 365 days before you get a hold of. <laughs> no. Like that'd be brutal. That's what binge watching. That's the problem of binge watching. Yeah. You better have something else lined up that if you are going to run through one thing, you're like, all right, at least I got this. Yeah. And then what happens when football season's yeah, over? Yeah. This is then the what? This is the way. Right. You know what I mean? This is the way. This is the way. Inside the Jets broadcast from the BetMGM studio, place your football parlays, props and futures bets at BetMGM Sports. That's why we've grown. That's, that, that's why we've grown this audience young because we hit like that. You Absolutely, know what I'm this we, is the way. We can't. Half the people back, half the people back there, half the people back there that's producing this show yeah. have no idea what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? This is the way. It's cold for young children. Come here. This is the way. And we're, me and Dan's going to be here doing this show. And we're going to get That's more right. cheese in our taco. And it's going to grow. It's going to be a national show. And it's going to be great. Inside the Jets nationally. That's pretty. If, if we could make Inside the Jets nationally, Absolutely. now that's something. Yeah. Okay, at least regionally. Now that's something. <laughs> let's grow Major to the tri let's start. Let's start with the tri-state area. Major regional. There's a lot of culture in this show. In Canada. You can't deny that, in though. In Canada. Canada, let's flip Canada over, watch anything. Let's flip over real quick defensive side of the ball. Quinn and Williams, I know we got nicked up a little bit in the game yesterday, but again, you saw those flashes. He should have had a sack on Mahomes, but Mahomes got rid of the football there. Disruptive in the backfield. Yeah. And my goodness. You know, you are now starting to see it in year number two why this guy was taken third overall. If you're a Jet fan, you got to be excited what number 95 is showing. Absolutely. I think he, you know, last year was important for him um, to just kind of um, kind of get his feet wet. But I think now he's taking more of a leadership role, even though he's a quiet guy, humble guy. But um, the fact that he came in shape, he understood that he had to get his body prepared, not for a collegiate season, but not for a combine. He had to get it ready for a, a, to be able to play an entire NFL season. And that's a totally different type of shape. That's a totally different type of body, a totally different type of commitment, not only to the weight room, which I'm sure he's always worked hard in the weight room, but to the cafeteria. 
you know, and understanding how to eat, how oh, yeah. to prepare your body to, to last for 24 games. You can get away with some of that stuff in the SEC, but not in the NFL. Yeah, 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 yeah. I right? mean, I'm sure he was in Alabama swiping, and I'm sure it was a little different from the cafeteria that I was in. I'm sure he probably had some lobster. He probably had some shrimp every once in a while. You know, probably has to. You think so? You know, you know, Quinn is taking the next step, and I think he's going to be a great player. You know, and and it's going to be um, important that Joe Douglas puts guys around him so that he can't be picked on, so that he can't be double teamed, and that's going to be Joe's responsibility in the off season. Um, you have to love how Joe is acquiring picks. He has salary cap flexibility now, in a in a world in which. The salary cap is going to go down, and people are over a lot their of cap. uncertainty. Yeah, right? people, people are over their cap, and, and they're they're already in a hole for next season. They're going to have to make tough decisions, and it allows you to get great players at a bargain price. So, I mean, to do that and to have you know flexibility, have cash when everybody else is buying off of credit cards, then you're you're in a good place. Sometimes you have to tear things down before you build it up, and unfortunately, it's a process that nobody likes. But to be on a wheel and kind of doing the same thing, expecting different results, just being good enough to be okay is not, is not, is not a place you want to be either. So sometimes you got to be bad or sometimes you have to be young and experienced to have an opportunity to be great in the near future. Eight games left, you know, still a lot of football left. And as you said, a lot of young guys on this team who are auditioning for what's going to be for next year, whether it's with the New York Jets or with one of the 31 other franchises. So it's important to go out there. You play hard. You know, you tell the story all the time about when you got your first opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know what? Damn the circumstances. It's called go out there, play yeah. hard. Like I'm playing for my life. I'm playing for my supper. And I think that there's a lot of guys that are probably going to have to take on that type of mentality here over the final eight weeks. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm hoping that at the end of the season, you know, Frank Gore is going to sit down, and he's going to do an interview, and he's going to say, hey, guys, guys who stay are going to be champions. And listen, you guys are at the beginning of building something. Just like Charles Woodson said when he left and retired, when he went back to, to, to Oakland, not that he thought he was going to win anything, mm -hmm. but he wanted to plant the seed and show these guys how to be pros. And that's what he said when he was, when he was announcing his retirement. And two years later, they're, they're a legitimate team and a legitimate wild-card playoff team, and they beat those same champions that we're talking about. They didn't beat them by luck. They beat them up. And that's because John Gruden, uh, Mike, Mark, uh, Mike Mayock, was able to build a team in their image that they wanted. And I see Joe Douglas doing that in the near future, and I see some of the moves that he's making. And they're chess pieces. They're not checkers. And they got plenty of pieces, as you said, like cap space, draft picks. You know, there's a lot to look forward to here for this franchise. We're going to talk to one of the young players who's really started to carve out a nice role for himself on this football team, defensive tackle Foley Fadukasi. He joins us next coming up on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasso alongside Bart Scott. It's time now for our player guest segment, which is presented by EY, building a better working world. And we're pleased to be joined this week by Third-year defensive tackle for the New York Jets, number 94. He's Foley Fadukasi, and he's nice enough to join us here. Foley, it's Dan Grassa and Bart Scott. Thanks for spending some time with us, especially after that tough loss yesterday in Kansas City. Got to start out by asking, what makes that offense so difficult to contain? Man, uh, first off, it's a pleasure being on the show. I appreciate you guys bringing me on and um, just having me as a guest. But, um, man, uh, uh, KC, they're a very uh, phenomenal team, you know, uh, all the pieces that they have, you know, and that they put together as a team and they all work well together. So um, I just think overall, um, 
they're just they're just a great team, and they're going to give a lot a lot more teams some trouble as well. So. Well, you know, you know, that's the team that's in the end of their process. They've been together for a while. They built that foundation up. You guys are a team that's at the beginning of your process, and you're getting the opportunity to get um, a education and to get that that football acumen up. And what a better squad to go against than the world champions. What did you gather and what are you learning as the game should start slowing down for you in your third year where you can make that big jump, you know, for that fourth year, that year where we always talk about the dash for the cash. You know, you get that information this year, but you translate it to next year and then you become a veteran because you've been able to be put in situations where you can learn from your mistakes. Um, listen, I think that's great how you, uh, how, how you mentioned the growth in uh, each year. Because um, one thing I definitely learned this year as an individual is that uh, taking taking going from game to game and breaking down play to play, you start to see certain things that that happen that happen in the game. You start to pick up on it. Um, and Steve McLendon, while he was here, that's one thing that he always taught me, and one thing that he was always able to do was to adapt and evolve in the midst of fire. So um, I think it's great, you know, for me and for a lot of guys because. Um, being able to see, being able to see those small things and uh, and adjust to them in the game, is a part of the is a part of your growth, and that comes with the uh, experience and play time. So, uh, personally, I think it not not only will it help me, you know, in, um, next year, but I feel like it helps it helps any player, you know, in the future because you're able to just pick up and and adjust to the game. Well, the, the reason, see, I lived the football life, so I've kind of been there before, and I lost my mentor as well. And it was tough because then now the person that you always had in meetings that you can tap and say, hey, I don't understand this. What's our adjustment if they shift? What's our adjustment if the tight end gets up and he he motions over? You know, what should I be looking for? I lost my mentor. My mentor was Ed Hartwell, who was a year ahead of me. He got a big payday in Atlanta. And then it forced me to kind of take the the training wheels off. And, um, you know, for you, it happened in the middle of the season. For me, it happened in the offseason. So I had a much – longer time to adjust because I didn't have him to turn to my right and ask questions in the meetings because you know what it is. You can't really ask a coach every question that you have because the meetings would never finish. Um, how are you adjusting to the fact that you don't have him to the right of you to be able to ask, you know, little questions about how you learn? Cause we all learn differently. Mm. Um, uh, I think I think uh, you also made a good point about how like uh, it kind of forces you to take your training wheels off. Um, but one thing I can say about myself and the guys in the room is that um, the things that he has taught us and he has laid down for us by him being the special person that he is is something that we're able to tap into every day, even though that even though he's not here physically with us. Um, and it's something that I personally use like okay, if I see a certain thing or if uh, if I don't understand a certain thing. Um, I try to break it down in a way to where it's like, okay, uh, how can I make this better? You know, what happened here? And um, the good thing is I have some, I have some good coaches that I can go and ask those questions to, to help me break it down some more. And, you know, um, we have uh, some good guys in the room, guys that are uh, very serious about their work as well. And a lot of times they can see things that I can't see. So, and it also helps me grow as a player as well. That's how we help each other grow. We're talking with Foley Fadukasi here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. You're in your third year, and you talk about some of the guys that you learned from here so far in your time in the NFL, but, you know, there's always this cycle in professional sports, and now there's guys who have even less experience than you in, on this team. So 
Do you feel that you're sort of a veteran of sorts to some of the younger guys who are now still trying to go through some of the same things that you were working through just a couple of years ago? Um, uh, to call myself a veteran right now, I don't really see myself as such, you know, just yet. Because to me, a veteran is someone like, you know, uh, like Steve and uh, guys like, you know, Honestly, I can list a bunch more names, but, you know, that's the first name that comes to my mind. Um, but what I do see myself as a person, like, just as I had questions and I tried to learn, um, and he was there to, to, to help me answer and bring me along with those questions, is the same thing that I'll try to do if a question is asked to me. I'll try to break it down in a way to where uh, they can better understand. Um, and if if I don't necessarily have the right answer, you know, we'll work through it and we'll figure it out, you know. So, and um that's something that we all try to do in there with uh, with Henry, Jordan Jenkins, uh, uh, John Flinken Myers, Quentin Williams, uh, Nathan Shepard, um, myself, uh, Terrell Basham, uh, everybody in that room, you know, um, literally tries to figure out a way of how to, to get better or make something better. You know, it's crazy because, like, you know, this is – You've been in the league three years, but this won't be the last time and you know that you have a season like this. Every player that's ever played the NFL has had a season where it seems like everything is going wrong. But one thing about seasons like this, it doesn't define character, it reveals it. Uh, what are you learning uh, learning about you know a lot of the teammates and the guys that are going through this tough season with you? That a lot of guys are very are built very tough, um, have a lot of resilience. Um, I'd be lying to you if I said we aren't frustrated, but uh, a lot of guys are encouraged to get back to work and to find a way to get this thing turned around in whatever way necessary. Um, so I definitely do believe that, you know, adversity reveals a person's character. And I, it's, for me, it's, a, it's definitely revealed that everybody on the team, you know, uh, still has all, all hands on deck. So um, and that's what I feel personally. 0-8 is certainly not where anybody wants to be right now at the midway point of the season, but you were on a team just a year ago that had a strong finish in the second half. You closed out 6-2. and two. Do you guys draw on that now with eight games still to go here in the 2020 campaign? Um, not to look back into the past at all. Um, our biggest objective is just to take each each week, one week, uh, one week at a time. So last week um, was, was, was rough, you know, to, to – to to end up with a loss, you know, to a great team. But um, we have to take those corrections and we have to move on forward, you know, because we have another another really good team coming in. So um, our objective is to take each week, one week at a time, to get ourselves better in that week so well, we can come out with a W. Well, one, one, one thing that we know that, you know, the team that you're facing this week traditionally have been the standard in all of football. You can argue all of sports. But they're a team that's frustrated right now. They're a team that's striving to try and find their, their footing as well. Um, losing, I believe, four in a row. Cam Newton hasn't uh, worked out. They're going to come in frustrated on a national stage. You know, how do you see this week as an opportunity to kind of maybe the biggest game that you'll probably play the rest of the season, the fact that all your peers will be watching? What are you trying to do personally? Because when you have seasons like this, sometimes you have to farm your own land and just say, I can control what I can control. What are your personal goals um, to, to, to perform on a big stage to show everybody that you are arriving and plan to arrive and going to be in this league for a long time? Uh, my personal goals, honestly, are aligned with the team. 
I want to be where I need to be when I need to be there, you know, when my need, my teammates need me to be there. Um, I think um, it's a great game to play this weekend because it's another game and it's another opportunity. And Bart, as you know, this game is not promised, you know, for anybody the next day. So it's another great opportunity for us to get together and play uh, this great game. So um, biggest thing and my biggest thing is for us to even lock in even more so than when we have before, you know what I mean? And tighten the screw up even more, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, and to be able to go into this game, you know, with even more of a laser focus so we can come out with the most important thing that people play this game for, and that's to get a W. Well, what, what I'm talking about that too, and I, I know we got to go to our two shot, but this is Monday night football. You talk about growing up as a kid and remembering, you know, when the music comes on, right? You know, the whole world is watching. This is an opportunity for you to show out. You know, and, and, and this is where stars are made. Uh, people take notice, pay attention. And this is an opportunity for you personally. I understand that the team goals, but as long as your individual goals are aligned with the team goals, it's okay for you to dream about what you want to do personally. This is Cam Newton, Monday Night Football, a hated rival that has had our number for a number of years. Now, this is an opportunity for us, for you to look up and say, you know what? We may not be having a great season, but this division is open for business because now everybody doesn't have the GOAT. The GOAT is gone. So now this can be anybody's division every year. I know we said it before, but now you can believe it a little bit more. So when I ask you that question, I'm talking about you envisioning yourself getting busy on Monday Night Football, taking Cam Newton down, playing well at a high level, showing the world that, listen, the Jets have players, and I'm one of them. Um, listen, man, um, <laughs> it's a lot he put on your plate there, Foley. Yeah, it is, it is, it is, man. It, uh, um, it's great because, uh, his energy is, is amazing, which is why he was as great as, uh, he was when he played. But, um, Bart, you know, as well as I do, man, it is Monday night football, but at the end of the day, it's another game. And like we always, uh, like we always say, it's another opportunity. So. My biggest objective is to go into this game and to play as hard as I can and to make sure I'm there with my teammates and rally with my teammates and so we can all go out there and play hard and have fun together. You know, uh, we're 0-8, you know. It's been frustrating, and we're ready to get one turned around. Um, but like I said, it's a great opportunity to go in there and play against Cam Newton. He was someone that I looked up to uh, as a kid growing up, you know, in college. And um, so uh, – I personally want us to just go out there and have fun and let it loose, you know, um, and, you know, throw our chips up high and see where it falls because, you know, we all want to come out with this W. Inside the Jets is supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. We're coming right back with more from Folu Fadukasi. This is Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasso, Bart Scott. Joined by Jets defensive tackle Foley Fadukasi. Now, now Foley, I got to bring up, you know, football, you love the game, you're passionate about the game, but football runs in your family. You got a couple of brothers who right now are doing some good things for the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Yeah, I got to bring it up. I'm a Rutgers guy, so I'm biased, but your one brother was Big East co-defensive player of the week just last week when they upset Michigan State. You know, yeah. what, how, how are they doing down there with Coach Shiano and doing some good things now in the Big Ten? Uh, I think um, one thing that I could just tell, you know, uh, just by watching is that, you know, 
and meeting with Coach Shiano, uh when I dropped my brothers off at school is that he got all those kids to just buy in. So, and um, I think they have a really good understanding that, you know, if they buy in, you know, everything is going to work out the way it needs to. And um, my brother's someone, my brothers are people that they, they work hard and they take their craft very seriously as well. So, and I think they're just always trying to get better each week that goes by, you know? Well, you know um, what? It's, al it's always tough to be the first one, right? It's tough to be the first one. It's a lot of pressure to be the first one. And we hope that our, that our, you know, those that follow us will be better than we are. You know, what's some of the conversations that you have with them throughout the week? Because we under, I understand that they're still college kids and they're kids. Um, but you got to understand that, you know, you, got, you go to college to get prepared to become a professional in something. And they just so happen to pick up the family business. What are you trying to tell them that, you know, you wish someone could have told you and how to prepare and what to prepare for for college and the dreams of being in the NFL? It's funny because a lot of the things that I tell my brothers and um, a lot of the things that I try to get to them is, is like they've, they've watched me do it already, so they already know. So, like, when I say it, it's just like, yeah, Foley, I know. Um, I see you do that. You talked to me about that before. Or, you know, and um, they're in a very great position to have, you know, coaches that, that love and care about them to also continue to, uh, to educate them and uh, to grow them as players as well. So, but I know one thing for me, you know, being the oldest is that uh, everything that I've learned, everything that I'm still learning, I try to just, you know, push it on and push it on to them. Because one thing that I've learned is that it makes no sense to have a lot of knowledge if you're not going to give it away. You can't take it with you, so give it away. And um, I give as much as I can to my brothers in terms of like what I know and what I'm learning, whether it be about a, a scheme, whether it be about recovery, training, um, and uh, my brothers are, 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 they listen to me, you know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good thing to have, you know, my, my little brothers that listen to me. So. Well, that's rare, and it's, and it's rare also for you to be in one city, for them to play in the same city. You know, how much are they raiding your fridge? How much are they grabbing a whip? <laughs> how much are they trying to come, you know, dip into Big Bro's pockets because they know you got it? Listen, man, one thing about me and my family is we – and it's not just like, you know, uh, we're not just saying it like what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. So my brothers could pop up in my house whenever they want, do whatever they want, go into my room. I, it don't bother me. So um, but because they're so locked in on their season and uh, so I, so am I, it's like uh, we won't we don't got the time to see each other as much as we would all like to, especially now with COVID and uh, can't be able to go over to the, uh, the stadium as much and they can't come to uh, my home games as much. So, um, but I'm definitely, definitely uh, happy and encouraged about their growth because um, uh, those those boys, those boys make me proud, man. And, uh, now, is it competition between them? Because one's a defensive player and the other one's an offensive player. So, like, you know, they got to see each other. They're on a collision course. They're not, they're not um, out there with pillow. They're not pillow fighting at practice, are they? Nah, no, no, no. Those two, <laughs> those two, they, they've been competing against each other since – since they both came out the womb about something, <laughs> something, whether it be the remote, who's stronger, who's bigger, who's faster, who's this, who's that. Then I'm just there as the oldest, like, what are y'all doing? You know, you're so, playing the referee. So kind of, sort of, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, for them to end up at the same school together, I'm like, wow. Like, why am I, why am I not surprised? 
you know. So um, and they and they make each other they make each other better. You know, my old the oldest, the middle one definitely makes the youngest better because uh, he's taking what I've learned and just ran with it. You're uh, so, you're you're talking about Ola Kunle and and. They, he goes by the nickname O3 because the name starts yeah. with O and he wears number three. So they call him O3 there. And he's gotten off to a real good start here this season. But your brothers are playing at Rutgers. You're all from New York. You're playing for the Jets. You went to UConn. We won't hold that against you. But, you know, it's kind of cool that here you guys are. You've been able to begin to carve out your entire careers here basically all in the same region. I mean, if you guys stopped it, I mean, because that's a rare thing, right? And you guys have been able to make that happen here. And especially for you, professional football, you don't get to necessarily choose your path, at least coming into the league. That's a pretty cool story you guys are authoring right now. Uh, well, all right, one thing I just want to, you know, uh, digress a bit. His name, his nickname is 03, but that's not the reason for why his nickname is 03, but I'm going to leave that to him to decide whether he wants to talk. <laughs> I thought that's what it was. No, nah, that isn't, but uh, I'm not going to say that, 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 I, I know what it is, but I'm not going to say it. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that sounds that's like an inside, I'm the third, I'm the best, I'm the youngest type of inside story going on right there. Okay, we'll get to that one, and um, we'll have TMZ figure that one out. We're going to have to put hey, that on the man, bonus look, set or something. <laughs> hey, we're just going to leave it out there. No one, no, one, no one actually knows why people call him 03, but I like close, close, close family. So, um, so, so Jets at Jets in this show isn't close family. I mean, what's up? We won't tell nobody. Uh, Dude, there you go, Bart. <laughs> we're just <laughs> friends. I mean, Foley, we're just friends. Just three of us here talking. You know, that's that's all. Hey, look, that's all. if your last name ain't Fatukasi, you won't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, um, but dude, it's 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 a blessing, man. And, um, I'm a person that believes that, look, it's not by our doing. You know, and we definitely don't believe it's by our strength, but we're grateful for it. And it's an opportunity, man. Not a lot of people are in this are in this position, and we're just happy to even have it. And we do take advantage of it. So uh, my brothers are happy for me, and um, I'm most definitely and most certainly proud and happy for my brothers. And I just want to see them grow. And I, I don't tell them this much, but I want to see them surpass everything I've ever done. You know, one last one thing, you know, going back to the game on Sunday against Kansas City, that, that, that was your first time on the field playing against Patrick Mahomes. And we know that he's certainly carved out a niche here where he's as accomplished a quarterback now in the game presently. Is there another guy since you've been in the league that you've lined up against that he kind of sort of reminds you of a little bit at the quarterback position? Or is he just like unique in and of himself? Pat Mahomes is unique, and I, I do believe that every quarterback and every team and every person that we play is unique in their own way. So, um, dude, like, you know, the guy is extremely talented and extremely smart, you know what I mean? I, so, and he makes it work for himself. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, I think everyone is unique in their own way, to be honest. How about, you know, you mentioned the COVID, obviously, and, you know, something we're still all going through right now. How is your routine as a player been interrupted because of it have you had to adjust so far this year as opposed to what you're used to in terms of getting ready for practices games your routine throughout the week off season how has that kind of thrown a wrench in any way into what you've been accustomed to up until this point uh i think everybody would agree that you know covid this year has been a whirlwind of events and um man uh it has into like earlier on it has interrupted like a lot of training a lot of uh, rehab and, and treatment. Um, so as time went on, you know, 
I was able to train, but in very, very small groups. So the, the guys that you're normally around to pick the minds up and to bounce ideas off of are not there as much. And, um, you know, coming into the season, just being really keyed in on social distancing and uh, making sure everyone is doing the right things in terms of policy and re uh, uh, regulations. So uh, it, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of like, you know, some craziness, but like we were all able to adjust and, uh, you know, to keep things going. Business side of the NFL is also something that you guys have had to experience so far here this year. I mean, the trade deadline is coming up here on Tuesday. Already Steve McClendon, Jordan Willis, now Avery Williamson has been traded away from the club. You know, that's all from the defensive side of the ball. For you who are still in that room, is that just another example of needing to bond together a little bit closer as you still have eight games to play here to finish out this season strong? You know, one thing Steve would also always say, he would always say, enjoy the times, and this is since I got here as a rookie, he would always say, enjoy the times that you have with the people next to you because you never know when you all are going to have to go separate ways. And he was always talking. I always thought he was talking from a perspective of, like, when the game ends, you know, you're not all going to be in the locker room at the same time anymore. But as I grew, I started to realize, you know, things happen in this business. It's a business, and it happens. But, you know, um, I enjoyed the relationships that I have with them. And now seeing the business more, you know, it happens. You know what I mean? It's normal, and it's very typical for certain things to happen in each organization. But I've learned even more so to, you know, to be even that much closer to the guys that I'm with because it could be a day we might not be in the same room. So, and, you know, it's all right, you know what I mean? But I would always like to sit down and reflect on the good times that we've had when we were all together. No doubt. Well, Foley, we appreciate the good times we had here today with us. We always appreciate you hopping on here. And best of luck here. Finish strong the rest of the season. We always thank you for hopping on with us. Man, appreciate it. Go tub it up, man. That's it. This yeah, Foley Fadukasi. Thanks, buddy. Defensive tackle right, number 94. Foley Fadukasi joining us here on Inside the Jets. And I know you got something to say, Absolutely. Right? Help MetLife celebrate the incredible workforce of the tri-state area. Submit your idea for the two-story mural being installed at MetLife Stadium. What you have to do is you got to go to nyjets.com slash MetLife and submit your design today. Coming up next, we'll go around the league and talk about week eight in the National Football League right here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. Dan Grasso, Bart Scott, hanging out with you here. And remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app, presented by BetMGM. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. Bart, they get to watch the show, see the cool threads that you and I are sporting each and every week, even after a tough game day. Ms. Warehouse, you're going to like the way you look. <laughs> I don't even think they're around anymore. I it's, guarantee It's you. all good. Uh, week eight in the NFL. Interesting games yesterday, as there always is. The war in the AFC North, one that you were part of plenty of times over, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Great example of don't bother looking at the stat sheet yep. to figure out who's going to win a game because Baltimore dominated in that regard. But Pittsburgh, though, dominated in a very key area of the stat sheet, which is three trips to the red zone, three touchdowns, yep. and the Steelers walk out of there three-point winners. Yeah, but listen, I, I said before the game, I hope that the Ravens lost that game because I wanted them to address something that, to me, is the elephant in the room, and they need to get another weapon, a legitimate weapon. We love what maybe Hollywood Brown could be, 
But when you only have two touchdown passes to receivers, that's a problem. I think they need to go out and address the, you know, the position. You know, they lost. They were so successful with that last year, though, using the yeah, tight but, ends, the two tight ends. Yeah, but but we know what happened. Right. You know, the league catches up after you've done something and take the league by storm. Of course, they're going to study it and learn how to defeat it. And you know, so you know, Ronnie Staley losing Ronnie Staley last year. That's big. You know, last last uh, last game was tough after he just signed for a hundred million dollars, and now he's going to be on the shelf. And you know, it's an ankle injury. The good thing it's not a knee. Um, and you look at, you know, Orlando Brown able to just move over to his natural position, which is left tackle, which is what he played when he was protecting uh, Baker Mayfield's blind side. You know, that's a player that, to, that you want to keep an eye on, you know, for me as well in the future because they won't be able to pay everybody. He's a left tackle that's playing right tackle, and eventually he's going to be available in the next couple of years, not farming another man's land, but he's an outstanding player, and he'll do the job on the left side. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he's been playing the right side because Stanley, you know, is the elder statesman there, and he's been their first first-round draft pick. Let me throw this out there with Lamar Jackson. And, look, guy's a phenomenal talent. He was an MVP last year. We know that. But two playoff games he hasn't played very well, mm -hmm. right? Last two times out against Pittsburgh Steelers, he's turned the ball over seven times. Mm -hmm. Yesterday he was sub-50% when it came to even completion percentage. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say that a lot of times he's almost a front-runner against teams that maybe – aren't as accomplished in terms of opposition? I mean, I think that would suggest that he hasn't beaten, you know, big-time, you know, teams, and he has. He just come up short in the playoffs where your margin for error is a lot. And, you know, we don't give him the credit for being a young player. That's a young team. Remember, that's that's not a team that has C.J. Mosley on it. That's not a team that has, you know, Terrell Suggs. Yes, they have Calais Campbell, but these guys are imports. They aren't homegrown Ravens. And, you know, for 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 – you know, all for them winning the division, they played some tough teams. I know they, he's never beat Mahomes, and yesterday he lost to, to Ben Roethlisberger. But he's beat other quality, you know, opponents, you know, in his two seasons. And um, I think it's just one of those things where you have to learn how to win these tough games. And to win these tough games, you can't have turnovers. Last year it was about Tennessee, and it was about the defense not being able to stop um, Henry, who ran all ran over them. And they addressed that by going out and getting Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf, and, and drafting Patrick Queen. Right. Um, but they beat the Steelers up. And this is the thing that you always have to worry about. Sometimes when you win, you lose. And sometimes when you lose, you win. And it's because I said all the time, because when you win, sometimes things that can make you lose get swept under the rug because you're fulfilled with the joy of winning. And sometimes when you lose, you have to analyze everything that contributed to the loss. So the fact that Lamar didn't play well, the fact that he turned the ball over, you know, he, he, he didn't understand that he had to have a quicker, you know, trigger down there in the red zone, you know, fumbling the ball. Bud Dupree missed him once. He felt him, moved up and patted the ball two more times. You have to know once you feel somebody hit the ball that they're yeah, not done. Uh -oh. Eventually they're going to come back. You either got to take off or you have to deliver the football right after that. You know, so I think, you know, that's the narrative that he's going to have to live with, and that, that's what he's going to have to wear until he, to, until he does it. Remember, we, before LeBron won a championship, we said he wasn't clutch, that he didn't have a killer instinct. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, until he actually wins a playoff game, until he leads his team, now he's only been in the league for two years, right. three years. This is his third season. You know what I mean? So two years as a full-time starter. So he's still green, and he still has to understand how to win these type of games, and he's never been in a game – one of these games with Ben Roethlisberger on the other side. Now, if that's anybody else, which last year, remember what I said, sometimes when you win, you lose because things that can make you lose get swept under the rug. Last year, he made mistakes, right? When you say he played against these teams, no Ben Roethlisberger. So you take that as a, as a given that, oh, you'll, you'll be able to figure it out. And, you know, 
be able to try to run the ball. You can't get away with those type of you know runs to quarterback draws quickly without you know against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're too fast of a defense. So I think I hope that they go out and they go try and make a trade for uh, Kenny Galladay, or they go try and make a trade. Kenny for, Galladay's a beast. Or if, even if they go try and like I said, even if they go take a run for I think the the wrong guy to go get was going to get uh, Des White. I think if they go get maybe a guy like Golden Tate, they can give them that Steve Smith little mini clone tough catch, you know, high 50-50 balls winning type of catches. So I figure, like, they should go out and make a move. But if you win, you, you're not having those conversations because you beat the Steelers up in their own game. They just came away with the win. Now, you know, if you know, so I think they go out and they make those type of changes, and it'd be a much different ball game when they play each other the second time. You're the ultimate Jets fan. Tell us why you or someone you know deserves to be inducted into the Fan Hall of Fame class of 2020. Submit your nomination by November the 7th at nyjets.com slash fan hall of fame. Jets' next opponent, the New England Patriots, mm. on Monday night. They went up to Buffalo, fell behind early, scratched and fought and clawed their way back. But and then? again, fumble, turnovers, Cam putting the ball on the rug here. And here's what I think it means for Buffalo. Last week against the Jets, couldn't get anything going offensively. Yesterday, too, ugly type of game. But yet they're finding ways to win. I think in the long run, that benefits the Buffalo Bills. And when yep. was the last time we talked about a Patriot team that's lost four in a row? Well, exactly. I mean, when was the last time we talked about a Patriot team that didn't have you know, the, the GOAT? Um, so I think, you know, that's a lot. It's a big indictment on the talent on that team as well. Um, you know, it's not been a lot of draft picks that have worked out. You know, I think that Bill Belichick and that Patriots – um, uh, organization hasn't drafted a Pro Bowl since 2013. You know, that's, you know, that's the difference. That's when you have the ultimate eraser, quarterbacks like can do that. Peyton Manning can do that. Drew Brees can do that. You know, we don't know if Cam Newton could do that. I think he's, you know. Cam Newton at this stage of his career especially. Right. So, I mean, I think this is a great opportunity for the Jets to come in and have belief that they can get it done. That's it for us. We'll that's be it. back next week. Fata right on Monday night. Prime Fata time. took all the time. Thanks to Foley Fadukasi. He's Bart Scott. I'm Dan Grassa. Thanks for listening to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. So long, everybody.